no matter how interesting a challenge it was to strip the room of its Egyptian furnishings. Howard, what in heaven's name are you doing? The lady demanded, making the whole situation even more farcical than it already was. Dibblesher sprang to his feet with surprising ease, inasmuch as his centre of gravity was quite low-slung and hung over his breeches. I have just informed Lady Zenobia that I love her, and she has agreed to become my wife. India's eyes were met, thankfully, by a gleam of sympathy in Lady Dibblesha's. His lordship has misunderstood, India told her. Alas, I have no doubt of that. Child, Howard's mother said. Every time I think that you have demonstrated the depths of your similarity to your father, you astonish me yet again. Dibblesha scowled and looked, spaniel-like, back to India. I will not allow you to refuse me. I haven't slept for two nights, unable to think of anything but you. I have made up my mind to rescue you from your life of drudgery. He reached out his hand, and India nimbly stepped back. Lord Dibbleshire, you move from house to house, ceaselessly working. His pale blue eyes gazed at her with devotion. Dear Lord Howard, Lady Dibbleshire exclaimed, if our estate is ever lost, I am happy to think that you will be able to support us by making a living on the stage. However... It is my duty as a mother to point out that you are being rather vulgar. Apparently, his lordship had confused vulgarity with honour. He gave his mother a ferocious glare. Lady Zenobia is our dear and valued guest, her ladyship continued, who has been kind enough to aid me with restoration of the drawing room as well as persuading the inestimable Mrs. Flushing to be our cook. For which, she turned to India, I shall be eternally grateful. India had the knack of moving excellent servants into households where they would be appreciated and well paid. Mrs. Flushing had been languishing in the employ of a dyspeptic general, and was far happier cooking for Dibbleshire and his mother. And Howard... Lady Dibbleshire continued. Clearly you too are enjoying Mrs. Flushing's menus, given your expanding middle. He scowled again and pulled at his waistcoat. India opened her mouth to say something soothing, but at that moment her godmother bustled into the room, accompanied by a stream of words. Darlings! Lady Adelaide cried. That lovely Mr. Sheraton has sent a delectable small mahogany table. Jane, you will adore it, simply adore it. She and Lady Dibbleshire had been school friends. Indeed, nearly all of India's clients were her godmother's near and dear acquaintances. How splendid, Lady Dibbleshire said. Where will you place it, Lady Zenobia? India had become famous for designing rooms in which furniture was scattered in unstudied, asymmetrical seating arrangements. I shall have to see it, to be sure, but in the grouping under the south window, I think. Perfect! Adelaide exclaimed, clapping her hands. 
Your drawing room will be the talk of London, Jane. Mark my words. We shall come take a look, Lady Dibbleshire replied. Just as soon as I've persuaded my feckless son that your goddaughter has far better things to do than marry one such as he. Oh, my dear, you mustn't be harsh to sweet Howard. Adelaide moved over to Dibbleshire and took his hand. I'm certain that India would be ecstatic to marry you, if only the circumstances were different. I would never burden your name with the social opprobrium resulting from the path my life has taken, India told him, following up with a smile and a gaze that indicated clear-eyed courage and self-sacrifice. Besides, I saw Miss Winifred Landle watching you last night, though you were tactful.